Lecture topic. Acquiring the qualities of the pious. Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah wa kafa wa salatu wa salamu ala ibadihi al-lazeen as-tafa. Amma ba'du fa'audu billahi min al-shaytan al-rajim bismillahirrahmanirrahim. قد أفلح من زكاها وقد خاب من دساها صدق الله العظيم موسس فكرون ما يكرام رديز ملدس This is a gathering of علماء صلحاء and My sitting here is purely a part of a muzakara, that's all. I need this muzakara for myself. And these gatherings are all generally for the purpose of muzakara and reminding people like myself of what is our purpose, what we should be having in our hearts, where our hearts should have been connected to. <coughs> and this is an ongoing need, this reminder This muzakara is an ongoing need. And there can be no doubt about this being a very important aspect and very beneficial. After all, the Quran Sharif declares, وَذَكِّرْ فَإِنَّ الذِّكْرَاتًا فَعُلْ مُؤْمِنِينَ Earlier, Mawla mentioned something about the hikayat and the incidents of the pious people. This is a means of great benefit. And Ma'a quoted the statement of Imam Abu Hanifa So in the light of this, some hikayat, some waqiat of our pious predecessors will be inshallah a means of benefit for myself and us. So I'll try and mention some of these things. But before that, one thing that became a very big lesson for myself one or two weeks ago. So for some work I happened to meet somebody. Person was in his 80s. Mid 80s, elderly person, simple ordinary person, not a very learned person as we would understand it. Sometimes there are very big lessons to take from where we might not even imagine it might come from. So in any case, this person now started talking a little bit general talk and giving some incidents about his life. And then he came to his age as well. He says, I'm so many, I'm, I'm so old now, I'm 84, 85, whatever he mentioned. But then he mentioned one line which was very, very impacting on the heart. He just said it in passing. And he said, well, now the time has come now to impress Allah Ta'ala. Now he said it in his simple way, he said it in his, maybe he even didn't realize what a deep statement he made. He said, now the time has come to impress Allah Ta'ala. So he is saying it at his age, but that is applicable at every moment in time. No matter what age we might be. And that is what we have come here to remind ourselves of. Obviously he said it in his manner. What the reality of that is to earn the pleasure of Allah Ta'ala, Allah Ta'ala's muhabbat, Allah Ta'ala's raza, 
That is the ultimate. Allah Allah's riza is the ultimate. And this is what was expressed in this statement. This is what we try to do all the time in the wrong avenues. We are all the time trying to create an impression in the eyes of people. And what will people think about me? So all kinds of things to try and create an impression. How we dress, for example, what kind of brand label we display, how we conduct certain, maybe family functions, nikah, or some other function it might be, some other gathering. It must be done in a way that leaves an impression in the hearts and minds of people. What kind of car I drive, one is to drive a better car because Allah's na'mat, Allah blessed us, it's a better, more, a little bit comfort, no problem, alhamdulillah. But if the near is that people will see and be impressed, what kind of phone I have, what kind of shoes I wear, there was one years ago, maybe 25, 30, 40 years ago, Allah knows, I can't remember now, there was one advert, so the advert was about a shoe. But it had one little slogan there that speak less, say more. Like advertising a shoe and it saying speak less, say more. Now all the emotive language that is used to take money out of people's pockets. So now people who are slaves of fashion, so now this was meant to tell them they don't say much, they don't have to speak much. But if you wear the shoe, you'll be saying a lot. You'll be saying, I'm in style, I'm somebody, I wear these kind of shoes, I drive this kind of car, I have this kind of phone, I live this kind of lifestyle, and I travel in this style. So now we're all the time trying to make an impression about ourselves in the eyes of people. But this whole part of Islam and Tazkiyah and Tasawwuf, is to teach us how to become those slaves of Allah Ta'ala who are only concerned about that Allah Ta'ala becomes pleased. And if it is to do with people also, we treat them in a way that Allah becomes pleased. So in any case, on this note, that what our heart should be like and what we have come for is to discuss this, how to become people who obviously in inverted commas impress Allah Ta'ala. Allah Ta'ala is free of those emotions that we insan have and humans have and makhluk have. Like we get impressed, we get taken aback. Allah is getting impressed in that inverted commas is meaning Allah getting pleased with us. What is Allah Ta'ala impressed with? Allah Ta'ala is impressed with what kind of heart we have. إِنَّ اللَّهَ لَا يَنْظُرُ إِلَىٰ أَجْسَامِكُمْ وَلَا إِلَىٰ صُوَرِكُمْ وَلَا يَنْظُرُ إِلَىٰ قُلُوبِكُمْ وَأَعْمَالِكُمْ Allah Ta'ala doesn't look at what is somebody's outer appearance in terms of what is his color, what is his complexion, how tall he is, how short he is, and what nationality he is. Allah Ta'ala looks at what is in his heart, what is amala, what's his heart. Now we are all the time trying to impress with our outside, but our heart Allah Ta'ala knows. And that comes out when suddenly something 
becomes a situation, what is in the heart comes out. Now just to understand this in the light of some of the waqiyat of our akabir, our pious predecessors, our slav, and this is where the barakah lies. In following very, very closely in their footsteps. Learning about their lives, reading about them, and trying to follow and emulate them. So, Hazrat Shah Ismail Shaheed Rahmatullahi was a very, very great personality. And when he would give a talk in the Jami Masjid of Delhi, the Masjid used to be packed, thousands of people in the gathering. So, on one occasion, he gave this discourse very lengthy and very, very impacting talk he gave. Now, as the talk finished off and people started leaving, and one person came in at that time, came in very, very, now, sighing with anguish now that what happened now, I missed out. By the time he came, the talk was over. He came from some distance perhaps, and by the time he got there, he got delayed. So now the sigh came out of him that I missed out, I lost out. Hazrat happened to hear this. He noticed this person and he realized what he signed over. He probably heard it, that this person is saying, I lost out, I came so late. So he took him by the hand and he brought him inside. And he said to him, you got nothing to feel sorry about. He seated him and then the exact same talk that he gave the first time round, where he addressed the gathering of thousands, he repeated it for the one person. And somebody asked him then, he said, that too was for one. That time too was for one Allah. When one, thousands of people were addressed also, but it was for one Allah. And when one person was addressed to it was for one Allah. Now, when we look at the legacy of these Akabir, and how Allah Ta'ala has kept their work alive, they have passed. Today, this gathering is gathered on the nisbat of Hazrat Muhammad Muhammad Sallallahu So it's 13 years, almost 12 years that he's left this dunya, but his legacy is very alive. And perhaps, and this is not, this is a reality, that many personalities, the benefit that flowed from their teachings after their leaving the dunya was far greater than what happened in their lifetime. As Imam Malik when he compiled his Mu'atta. So prior to that, there was one other scholar had also compiled a Mu'atta, a compilation of hadith of the similar nature, Ibn Abi Zib, he was also a Muhaddis, and he had also compiled, obviously, he was compiling hadith, he was a scholar himself, sincere person. But somebody came to Imam Malik asked him, but you compiling this now, in other words, you missed the boat. This personality has already done the job. So who's going to look at what you have done? And what he has compiled is often, it's more voluminous also. There's much more ahadis compiled in that. So what's going to be your benefit of yours? So he just made a general statement. A very general statement. But that general statement was a very, very deep statement. He didn't speak about anything in particular. He said it in a very general note. He said, مَا كَانَ لِلَّهِ يَبْقَى مَا كَانَ لِلَّهِ يَبْقَى What is for Allah, 
that will remain. What is Allah, for Allah alone, the intention is genuine, the intention is sincere, that will remain. Now these great Ahlullah and great personalities, they've left dunya, but what they left behind is still around. Because it was Lillah. What they did was for Allah Ta'ala. What they imparted was for Allah Ta'ala, hence it's still flowing. And it's showing stronger than ever. So now this is what Allah Ta'ala loves. This is what we have to impress Allah Ta'ala with. Not just on occasion. This has to become the very quality of the person should become part of our nature. These are words which I am saying, Allah Ta'ala give me the reality. Allah Ta'ala make it a means of benefit for all of us. But this is what we learn from the lives of these great personalities. That what level of ikhlas they had in their hearts. And how they completely dedicated themselves to Allah Ta'ala. That one person, one million people made no difference. It was for Allah alone. مَا كَانَ لِلَّهِ So now time passed, centuries have passed, all the other mu'attas that were compiled after Imam Malik besides the few mu'atta Imam Muhammad, there is nobody even is aware where they are and which library the manuscript is in. But Imam Malik is just as alive as ever. And every year thousands of students throughout the world study this kitab. مَا كَانَ لِلَّهِ so the lesson we want to impress, like that man said in his simple terms, it's time to impress Allah Ta'ala. He said it in his way of understanding, it's time to impress Allah Ta'ala. Every moment is the time to impress Allah Ta'ala. Every moment we are either saying something, we are doing something, we are thinking something, we are planning something, we are going somewhere, we are not doing something, but in everything that we say, we do, we think, deliberately engage our heart and mind in every place we decide to go to and where we decide not to go to. But the underlying issue is, is it going to earn the pleasure of Allah Ta'ala? I want to say something now, I want to just vent something, but is it going to earn Allah Ta'ala's pleasure? Is Allah going to be pleased with me? Sometimes there's something to be said, I'm holding back. My holding back will Allah be pleased? Or should I be saying something now? Where I'm going to, is Allah going to be pleased with that? And Allah is the way of everything. I may be able to make some tawil and just give some explanation to something. But now this, you see this person now, he needed to learn a lesson. Otherwise he'll do this to somebody else. But the only time I decided to teach him a lesson, when I was offended personally. But when I saw 50 other people being offended by him, that time I didn't think of teaching him a lesson. So now, mashallah, that was a wonderful excuse for me to just vent my own, whatever it was, my anger. But what a wonderful justification I found for myself. Allah is aware of that, but what is in my heart? Why I'm saying it? What is the underlying motive? So now, the lessons we learn from the lives of these personalities, subhanAllah, this is what Allah loves. This is what impresses Allah Ta'ala. Now this is just some examples, this muzakara. What Allah Ta'ala loves in one hadith sharif, Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, says that, أَحَبُّ الْأَعْمَالِ إِلَى اللَّهِ مَا دِيمَ عَلَيْهِ وَإِنْ قَلْ 
the most beloved of actions for Allah Ta'ala are those actions for which there is istiqamat. MashaAllah, the month of Ramadan is close by. Last Ramadan is now a while away. Now we are already on the doorstep of the next Ramadan. So MashaAllah, the last Ramadan with Allah Ta'ala's tawfiq, perhaps many things came alive. But now we are hoping it comes alive again. What happened in between? Allah Ta'ala knows. So now the lesson is, Allah loves that. Allah is in that inverted commas again, impressed with istiqamat. So even if it is not too much, too much meaning of the nawafil, of the extra actions, but there must be something like this. Because this is what brings taqarrub Allah. What Allah Ta'ala loves? Istiqamat. That that action is consistent. Now to just understand one example of istiqamat again, that the inspiration is in the lives of our Al-Kabir and the pious Hazrat Shaykh Al-Hilma Mahmoud Hassan Diobandi who can be termed as the father of the ulama of Diobandi. All the great personalities through whom the different departments of deen flourished. And we who are seated here, we are the various efforts of deen, whether it's in the line of the madaris, the whole world that is filled with the madaris that link up to Dalum Dioban. So, this line was from Dalum Dioban, as a Sheikh Al-Hind, was the father of Dalum Dioban, we call him. So all the Mudarrisin and Muhaddisin that thereafter came were his students. Hazrat Imam Hussein Ahmad Maddi who was a Shaykh al-Hadith of Dalum Dioban, was his direct student. So this whole uh, garden of Badaris that are throughout the world, it links up to him. Thousands of students studying Bukhari Sharif throughout the world, everything comes back to him. And then this line of Tasawuf and Islah, various personalities were mashallah, at the forefront of it, but somebody very, very prominent was Hazrat Mahashab Ali Tanwi Rahmatullah direct student of Hazrat Shaykh Al-Hind Rahmatullah And then the line of uh, jihad and striving and protecting the Muslims, Hazrat Muhammad Rahmatullah again, direct student. Then the path of tabligh and da'wat, Hazrat Muhammad Ilyas Qadali Rahmatullah the direct student of Shaykh Al-Hind Can we imagine the barakat Allah Ta'ala placed in his teaching and in his students thereafter? So he is the father of Dalum Dioban. Now these are the people we have to turn to. So he was imprisoned by the British on a charge of treason. That now at that time the British came and colonized India and it was not just colonizing the country, but their mission was to totally destroy Islam and the Muslims. And they made thousands of ulama shaheed as well. Thousands and thousands. In any case, Hazrat Muhammad was also at the, Hazrat Shaykh Al-Hind was at the forefront of this effort to oust the British from India in order to protect Islam and the Muslims. So he was then eventually arrested on a charge of treason and imprisoned in the prison of Malta under very harsh conditions. Now, in the prison, the conditions for the validity of Juma don't exist. 
for Juma to be valid, there are certain preconditions. You can't perform Juma anywhere and everywhere. There's no time for the that detail. But in any case, a prison also, the conditions for the vanity of Juma doesn't exist. So there isn't Juma Salah in a prison. It'll be Zohar Salah. So now there's no Juma Salah. So obviously many A'mal of Juma then don't really apply that which are linked to the Juma Salah. And he was in prison here for about three years. But three years without fail, every Juma. And we are looking at the lesson of istiqamat. Because Allah Ta'ala loves istiqamat. We want to impress, again in the inverted commas, impress Allah Ta'ala. We must stop trying to now impress people and make a, an impression in what people are going to think about us. Allah knows best when our moment comes to leave dunya, then nobody's going to come to help us in any way. Nobody's impression is going to help us also. But Allah is pleased with us. So in any case, now every Jumu'ah, he would fulfill all the sunnats related to Jumu'ah, including taking a ghusl and putting on the best clean clothes, etc., applying itar, the various recitations that are most known on the day of Jumu'ah. And then one of the aspects that is applicable to the day of Jumu'ah, إِذَا نُودِيَ لِلصَّلَاةِ مِنْ يَوْمِ الْجُمُعَةِ فَاسْعَوْا إِلَىٰ ذِكْرِ اللَّهِ Then hasten towards the Jumu'ah Salah. Having done all these aspects, now it was time of Jumu'ah coming in, but there's no Jumu'ah in the prison. He would walk hastily to the door of the cell. But the door of the cell is closed, it's locked. They come to the door of the cell, and they say, Allah, I did what was in within my capacity, to go past this is not possible for me now, because it's locked. So I made my effort to go for the Jumu'ah Salah having done all the things that are Muslim on the day of Jumu'ah. And now coming to this point, this is where I stop because I, I can't go further, he would then come and perform the Zuhar Salah. But not on one occasion, two times, five times, for the duration that he was in the prison. And under very harsh conditions, he was kept there, tortured as well. But in all this time, this istiqamat didn't change for anything. Now, where's our istiqamat? My istiqamat is what I'm talking about when we say ours. Let us look at our amal. MashaAllah, this is a gathering that we come to try and remind ourselves that we should be having istiqamat in terms of our faraiz, wajibat, sunnat and muakkadat, there's no question about that. That is, that goes without saying. Farz is farz. How can the farz ever be missed? And then, in the manner it's supposed to be performed, the fajr salah would jama'ah obviously also. Not four salahs a day, five salah a day, would jama'ah in the house of Allah Ta'ala. And then likewise all the other amal that go along with it. But apart from that, mashallah, we have some familiarity, some munasabat with this line of Islam, tasawwuf, we might be connected to some, and if not, we should be getting connected somewhere. Because this is the way in which we will then find the path. This is the way to get closer to Allah Ta'ala. This is where we will find the connection. The dua of Nabi Kareem Wasallam, which dua is ta'aleem for the ummah. Allahumma rzuqni hubbak. Allah, bless me and grant me your muhabbat, urzuqni, give me the rizq of your muhabbat. 
And then Yalla, the love of those who love you. And Yalla, the love of those amal that bring me closer to you, to your love. Now the goal is the love of Allah Ta'ala. And the last part, the love of amal. Those amal that take a person closer to Allah Ta'ala. That's the vehicle that's going to take a person to the destination. But now what's here in the middle? That's the destination and the goal to get to Allah Ta'ala, to get to His Muhabbat, to get immersed in His love. And the vehicle that's going to take a person there is the amal that Allah Ta'ala loves. But what's in the middle? And Nabi Karim Sallallahu is teaching us this dua, to make this dua. Ya Allah, grant me the love of those who, who love you. This is the driver that will take us in his vehicle. So we have to find some vehicle somewhere. Allah's bandas all over the place. Where our munasabat might be, where we find our compatibility. We are able to connect with somebody. So in any case, the lesson of istiqamat. So now, this is what he taught us. That how to be firm now our amal, we have been taught some tasbihat, some ma'amulat. So what, what is the reason that this suddenly just disappears? Then a person says, no, no, I got very busy. And whatever other excuses we might have for ourselves, some genuine reason is understood. But many a times and more often than not, it is some excuse on which we start neglecting these amal. But it's not just the neglect of something that we call just mamulat, we think about it on a mustahab level and that's it. But it's rather that we lost out on that fuel that powers that vehicle to move forward. So the vehicle that's going to run on its, the engine is going to turn it, but the engine needs fuel in it. And that fuel is this amal, this mamulat. That mamulat start decreasing, start getting neglected, and that fuel dries out. Now it was the mamulat that stopped, but suddenly now the jamaat salah is getting missed also. I can't make it for salah with jamaat. I'm trying very hard to make it for fajr with jamaat, not happening. But actually something else stopped which is affecting this. And then when the fuel stops, now the dirt gets into the engine, and now it starts jerking. Everything was going smoothly now, suddenly his gaze is jerking now. He's looking at all the wrong things. Now his finger is jerking on the wrong buttons. And everything else is also becoming a problem. So it sounded like, it was seemed like just one thing stopped, some mamulat got neglected. But everything is getting affected in the process. So these amal are not just there or they, just for the sake of being there, what we are taught by our mashayikh, that what we should be keeping up with, our tasbihat, our tilawat of the Qur'an Sharif, nawafil, time, dedicated time for dua, and keeping in the company of the pious and righteous, keeping in the right environments, all this is having a direct impact on the heart, it's meant to keep the heart going forward. This is what's going to keep that heart clean. Allah loves this clean heart. Allah Ta'ala is impressed with this heart that is filled with His muhabbat. This is filled with Allah alone. Dil mera ho jaye, ek meydane ho. 
تو ہی تو ہو تو ہی تو ہو تو ہی تو خواجہ صاحب رحمۃ اللہ علیہ اللہ ذکر میں مشغول نہیں I will not immerse right now and he was talking about himself obviously the rest of us were sitting and looking left and right besides others who might have also been in a similar position he said aren't we immersed in the zikr of Allah Ta'ala that looking at these waves is reminding us of what? Allah's kudrat, Allah's shan that look at this vast ocean and what mass of water is here and what kind of makhluk Allah has put inside this ocean One one whale, what size and how much Allah feeds it. And all this is reminding of Allah's kudrat and Allah's shan. Now that tafakkur, وَيَتَفَكَّرُونَ فِي خَلْقِ السَّمَاوَاتِ وَالْأَرْضِ Now we sit there and look at the ocean, just as you at the ocean. But somebody whose heart is brimming with Allah's muhabbat, he is looking with the eye of marifat. And every sight is increasing that marifat further. So now this is, this is the benefit of being in the company of these pious people, being in the company of the Ahlullah. We learn how to recognize Allah. Because Allah loves this, this heart being clean, this heart being connected to Allah Ta'ala. So now this person whose heart is this medane hu, this empty field, where is Allah and Allah alone. So now how he speaks also will be how Allah is pleased with. You won't find any vulgarity coming out of his mouth and he is now causing taklif to this person and taklif to that person and causing so much of heartache to everybody. He will conduct him and it will be spontaneous reactions. Just to finish off again, these are all incidents of, which you might have heard many times, but they have so much of inspiration in them because it was done There was no pretense in all these things. These people were not people of any pretense. Their hearts were filled with Allah's love. Hazrat Mashaballah Tanwi Rahmatullah his incident is mentioned that he was once very, very ill, very weak. And in that weakness now, he was also now probably had to go repeatedly to the toilet. So again in the middle of the night, uh, he went to go and relieve himself. So 
in that time in India, no electricity, and the toilets were outside the house, a little bit of a distance away, maybe a slight distance out of, out of the house. So you go and fetch the water from somewhere because no water on tap. So he went, took that lota, the jug filled it with water, went, and by the time he came back, and due to the weakness and the illness, this exertion and this condition of his became too much. Now as he came back into the house, in the middle of the night, he collapsed. Now he collapsed, it's dark, everybody's fast asleep, nobody even knows what happened. Because he woke up quietly to go and fulfill whatever he needed to. Now after a while he regained consciousness and he realized what happened now, that I was coming back and I collapsed. So now he somehow woke up and made his way to his bed again. Now he made his way to his bed and lay down. Now a person who's just collapsed, who's extremely weak, as a result just merely going to this distance and coming back became such an exertion that he collapsed. So how weak he was and how ill he was. And now he lay down on his bed, but now the mind is running. Like how our mind runs now, how to make 10 into 20, and 20 into 40, and 1 million into 2 million, and then it just never stops. And Allah forbid how our mind starts running into now, okay, how to duck and dive, how to put passwords on, how to cover our tracks, which we think we are covered. Can we cover our tracks of Allah Ta'ala, who is Alim and Khabir? And our mind runs in all kinds of things, Allah forbid. His mind is running. That when I woke up and went, I took the jug, the lota, and went. And then when I was coming back, it was in my hand. And I was on my way to go and first put it in its place. But when I collapsed, it fell out of my hand. Now when I woke up and came back, I forgot about it. So it's lying in the way somewhere. In the pathway, in the passage, wherever I fell. So now his mind is running. Somebody else will wake up in the night, they might need to use it. They will go to its place, but won't find it there. Already there's taklif for them. Then somebody might be walking down that same space where I dropped it, it's dark. In that light of that candle or lamp, they may not see it. They could stumble over it. That can be dangerous for somebody. So the point is that this taklif for people, this has to stop right now. I can't allow this to happen. So the simple thing now is that in the same room, his wife was asleep as well. So he could have not, he just collapsed and just regained consciousness. Could have woken up and told her, please, no, no, but I can't, how can I disturb her sleep now? So in that condition, he woke up again. Went, found where it was lying on the floor somewhere, picked it up, went and left it in its place. And then came and laid down again. Now, this mind running in this manner is only that heart that is connected to Allah Ta'ala. This is all Allah's makhluk. I can't give taklif to Allah's makhluk. Undue taklif to Allah's makhluk. Allah is not happy with this. I want to impress Allah Ta'ala. If I want to impress Allah Ta'ala, I'm not going to get there by making, giving taklif to Allah's makhluk. So therefore, the Tamir Abdullah himself used to say, that agar insaan banna ho to yaha ao. Aur buzurg banna ho to kahi aur chale jau. 
This used to say as a kind of lesson to people who are gathered there, that look, you came here, and come here first, first become insan. First become insan, then you can go on and become something after that, get closer to Allah Ta'ala, but first become insan. Insan, basic human being. And it's natural in a human being, the natural qualities in a human being is to be good. Because that's a fitrat. That's his natural disposition. That to be on the path of Islam and the qualities of Islam and all the noble things, that's part of fitrat. But then whatever influences come around that change a person's thinking, change his actions, change his manners, change everything around him. So now, this is that natural thing that first become insan and then now give tarakti to that and progress to that by now developing this to the point of ihsan, taking it where this consciousness of Allah Ta'ala drives a person. That now he's conscious, Allah's makhluk also, I will not give them any taklif. And everything now he's conscious, what Allah will be pleased with, that is what I should do. So this is what we've gathered here for, this is our purpose, to remind ourselves, simply a reminder, this muzakar, and how we can truly come on the path, Allah must become pleased, we fulfill Allah Ta'ala's rights, we fulfill the rights of Allah's makhluk as well. Hukukullah and hukukul ibad, this is what earns Allah Ta'ala's pleasure, and Allah Ta'ala grants such a person the good of dunya also, and the good of akhirat as well. Allah Tabarak wa Ta'ala give me and all of us the tawfiq, Allah Ta'ala make us his true and obedient servants, make us among his Ahlullah and among his true friends, so that our last moment of life, when we have to leave this dunya, then we too hear that, Allah inna awliya Allahi la khawfna alayhim wa lahum yahzanun, alladhina amanu wa kanu yattaqoon, lahumul bushra fil hayati dunya wa fil akhirah. That glad tidings Allah give us as well, that we then go to Allah Ta'ala smiling, and Allah is happy with us as well. وآخر دعوانا عن الحمد لله رب